I'm Barry Worthington. I'm Paul Thorpe. I'm Adam Pendlebury. And this is the Progress with Unity podcast. This episode, we are going to be looking at all the reaction from the Bristol City game. We was going to be looking forward to a trip to Coventry on Tuesday. Unfortunately, that's been postponed for the time being. You've got to feel a little bit sorry for Coventry here. It's out of their hands. They look like they've got massive problems with that pitch. They might not play an home game this season. Who knows? Let's crack on. We're going to Athletic 1, Bristol City. One good game of football, played in glorious sunshine. Whatever is happening to us in those first 15 minutes of games? I know it's something we practiced in pre season. <clears throat> Sorry, I said you like Paul Coote then. Something we practiced in pre season <laughs> were we were sitting back for 15 minutes and conceding possession. And, and it's happened against Preston, it's happened away at Norwich, and it's happened again at Bristol City, where for the first 15 minutes we didn't seem to be able to get the ball or we was comfortable not having the ball, whichever way you want to look at it. Unfortunately, this week, we went to go down to Andy Vyman. There is a little bit of debate whether he was onside or offside. So what's our views on that, first of all? My view is that he was offside, uh, or the, the ball through the, uh, the pass before was offside. But, uh, of course, and as Mr Kendricks alluded to, the coverage not being great on ITV, they didn't show it, nor the other incident. I thought he was offside, but... Uh... I thought he was on me. I thought he timed it well, first instinct, but... I think you're right about ITV. The coverage of the EFL has gone downhill. For me, I thought it was a lot better on Quest with a decent horse. Makes for a good programme. The editors at Port. One thing I forgot to mention, I know I'm going off, Barry, but give me a chance because I'm not going to be on the podcast for a while. But I rang you last week when I was watching the highlights. I don't know if you picked up on this, but they got the chronology wrong on our highlight. They showed the goal before the Will Keane putting that pass to Lang. And that was the, the pass to Lang was before the goal. How the hell could they get that wrong? They did it last night as well, didn't they? Because they said, we'll go to uh, Wigan Athletic and, and Plymouth <laughs> and Peterborough popped up. We do have highlights on the website. And if, if you, like me, you'd have looked at those, which I have done just before we, we started recording, I'd say that both, I don't know the Bristol City player's name, number 17, he was onside. I thought he was off. And then Vyman was onside as well. At the game, Paul, I was agreeing with you. It, to me, it looked like he was offside, but he wasn't. It, like Adam says, it was well t- well time runs and you don't give a player like of his qual- quality that sort of opening do you good pass as well wasn't it to be fair the cross was just that tempting what did he call it the I think is it I think in cricket it's the corridor of uncertainty isn't it I don't know if it's quite the same one it's where you either your defender slides in and gets an own goal or or it's a perfect ball for the yeah. for the uh, striker to run on to run on to I did watch the 10 minutes 36 highlights on the Wigan Athletic website and I don't think I'll be watching ITV ever again. The goal went in on six minutes and we looked a little bit at sorts for a short amount of time. But we did, as we have done in all our games, played our way back in, into the match and created some some chances in the first half. McGuinness had an effort at the near post. Wow, I've mentioned McGuinness though. What a performance yesterday. I mean, he was outstanding. I'm not his biggest fan, but I'll admit he was very good yesterday. That three ball that he... 
the, the takedown, he didn't quite put it in, did he? Um, the takedown was... It's like Bergkamp. Do you remember Bergkamp did a few like that, didn't he? That kind of bring it down. Such a pity that he couldn't he couldn't finish it because that would have been one of the goals of the season because the pass was exceptional as well. Yeah, we could have called him. Instead of calling him Josh McGuinness, we could have called him Dennis McGuinness. Yeah. <laughs> bit, bit of a mouthful, that one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Dennis McGuinness. Bristol City, for me, could and possibly should have had a penalty as well. Jason Kerr making an attempt to uh, knock the ball out. And I thought he clearly got the, the legs of the Bristol City attacker and uh, there he went. But Mr Busby with play on, Perdues. I think we got a bit lucky as well with the Bennett one. Problem is, if you kick out, even if it's because someone's invading your personal space, it is technically a red card. I think we got lucky with that. And I think Liam Richardson alluded to it in his post-match interview. He needed to be withdrawn from the play because in a in, in a heated environment, you don't want your fullback on a yellow card. So I think we got a little bit lucky there. So well done, uh, well done, Busby. Uh, I'm a massive fan of Joe Bennett, but for me yesterday, it was probably, and I don't like saying this, but it was probably his poorest game for us. He put one good cross in, and I think that was about it. He'd give the ball away. I don't know who was was he trying too hard. Did the was he not settled in the heat? There was something definitely playing on him. I mean, he's a professional. He's played in the Premier League. You know, next week he'll, he'll probably be superb. But that's the way it is. But I thought yesterday he was a, a little bit off. It makes you wonder, doesn't it, whether the decision to withdraw him might be that somebody's had a word with the ref at half time as well, and so you got that wrong, and the ref will then be looking for any excuse to fix his mistake. Refs don't do that, Paul. Yeah. Oh, no, we can't have you saying things like that about my best mates, the refs. So, half-time, he went off and Telo came on. For the first 10 minutes, wasn't in the game. And then he did a cheeky, he got the ball, he did a cheeky little flick round and he was away. And then from then on, he, he, he made a, I thought he made a massive impact. Played on the left, but sort of had the freedom to cut inside a little bit. Some great take-ons with the, the Bristol City defenders where he's, he waltzed past them time again. And he linked up quite well, I thought, with James McLean. We've been waiting 18 months, haven't we, for him to nail the place down, show everybody that knows how good he is, how good he is. Show the rest of the world how good he is. Is this the start of it? Do you think Leah Richardson being brought up on the kind of left-sided Michael Jacobs player who tended to cut, you know, come inside quite a lot more into that space... And obviously we've seen it many a times over the years, haven't we, with, from that side with the likes of going all the way back to Lee McCulloch, you know, in the sense of if your fullback can get round the back, I, like a, a Leighton Baines, that type of player, then what you don't really want your wide player to be taking that space, do you? So I think Asgard coming inside drawing the men out and then McLean was able to get outside him quite a bit it's a tough one really because obviously McLean's been playing really well as a left-sided forward player you have a look at it and you think well could that be another option available to us in some games where McLean starts deeper Asgard takes the player away and creates more space for McLean coming you know coming from left back so I'm not saying it's an every game option we've got Tom Pierce and we've, and we've got Joe Bennett who are very good fullbacks I, I, I like the fact that we do have flexibility in our in our ranks. And I think, like you said, Barry, Asgard, as his confidence improved through the game, became a lot more dangerous. And, you know, it's he's learning all the time, isn't he? You know, if you looked at the Asgard who made his debut two seasons ago, to the Asgard now, he's improved a lot. Fair play to the coaches, you know, they've, they've, they've really got more out of him, like they have with Callum Lang as well. Callum Lang's improved a lot from that play we saw 
in the second half of the season two years ago. He was uh, superb in the second half yesterday, weren't he? Talking second half, second halves. Second half of the game, I thought Langer came into his own. First half, a little bit, not as much, but they had more possession in the first half, pushing us back. Second half, I thought he really came into it. I agree, and I found that strange, considering I've been sat there feeling that he's been gassed out a little bit in the last 10 minutes in the first few games. And yeah. then yesterday, he was, he was good. Going back to... Asgard and McLean playing outside him. Does that not scream of a back three with McLean playing left wing back? You just killed my point though, though Paul. We're going away from Langer because you know people like to come out of the shadows, but I thought Langer did better in the shadow oh. of the West Ham yesterday. <laughs> so you've killed that for me, Paul. Going going away. Sorry for knocking uh, all the equipment. Then I wanted to get that in. I agree as well, Paul, on that point about a back three. We just need to get another centre half fit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need, to, we need to have three centre halves fit. At the <laughs> Same yeah. time, which we've not actually. Yeah, well, I mean, you could argue we've not I, even had two fit. <laughs> I looked at the starting lineup and saw Watmo was in. I thought, oh, great, that's good. And then I saw that Tilty wasn't even on the bench. It reminded me of um, Alcaraz and Ramis. Yeah, Ramis, one uh, in one out. One in one out. And if you'd had the pair of them playing together, we'd have been a decent side. When our goal came, I was really pleased to see Will Keane get off the mark for this season. I was quite relieved because he'd missed that chance earlier on, Auntie, from uh, from the free kick when he knocked it over the bar. So for him to, to get that, that goal. What did you make of it, Paul? Quick feet, quick brain, calm brain. Thinking about it, not snatching at it. Yeah, it's, it's always good to get him off the mark, isn't it? I don't, I don't think anybody expects him to score the same number of goals this season. Getting going and getting some is going to be good, isn't it? Adam? Well, uh, very scrappy. Very scrappy goal, uh, but Will Keane, I have to say very thanks very much to Will Keane for sending me a really nice message to get well soon. Uh, so it was it was written in the stars for him, for him to score that goal. And, it, you know, for all the 30-yard volleys that you see, you like your strikers to score them goals, don't you? Be in right place, right time, bang, in the corner. Other players you today, for myself, had a good game. So Max Power in midfield. I know Adam commented to me last night about that. I thought he'd he, he had a really good game. Jack Watmore slotted back in. Zoe hadn't been missing for two matches. Ryan Niambe, I thought he was very good. He looked like the player that everybody's been talking about, which was good to see. And I think we've got competition there now for that right-back slot. And it's going to be interesting to see which way go, which way Liam goes. What did you make of Broadhead's debut? It looks interesting. It's obviously a bit different. There was that snapshot he got off that was keeping her a smart save. As you were saying a couple of weeks ago, you've got a striker there and you now fancy coming in and, and making a difference. You've got McGinnis having a good game. Your perception of that squad is that the squad is coming together and we'll have a you know we'll have a decent squad and we should we should be not at the wrong end of the table. Before we move on, we've mentioned the penalty claim for Bristol City. Lassick's obviously had one as well with an arm ball. He actually played the ball with his arm, so so that was a penalty. The stats yesterday, fifty seven percent possession. We had thirteen shots with three on target. Bristol City only had five shots with one on target. Five corners to the one. Fouls, we committed ten there committed 13 the cards just one for Latics, Joe Bennett and Bristol City picked up two a big surprise Ryan Niambe played and didn't pick a yellow card up I think a round of applause needs to go to, to that man he's not played 90 minutes yet probably and he's, he's already on two cards the attendance 9,822 Scotchy not there people away on holiday I'm more than happy with that I think that's that's a good attendance for us referee John Busby I don't think he got a lot right but I think he was even-handed in what he got wrong. Man of the match, as voted for by the listeners on both Facebook and Twitter, is Lassic striker Josh McGuinness. Well done, Josh. 
a bit of commotion yesterday at half time. James McLean put out a statement. What's up with the world when people are making death threats and abusing football players to this sort of degree continually? It's a disgrace. You've got to remember as well, his wife's there, the kids are there, uh, his wife's pregnant. They don't need to be putting up with that. He certainly doesn't. And it's coming from our stand now. You know, we don't have all the information available. We don't know whether there'll be is this a police investigation or not. They're not Wigan Athletic fans, irrespective. You know, n- nobody who behaves like that stands for me as a Wigan Athletic fan. They're certainly not regular attenders. Had they even attended before, that would be the question, uh, I guess. And certainly, I don't want them to attend again. It's a little bit frightening for me that people like this actually still walk amongst us these days. I mean, you you look at the year, it's 2022, you think humanity and the human race has progressed and evolved and we should be at a, an higher level than absolute Neanderthals walking around. And, it's, and James McLean gets the abuse, women get abused, black players and... Cl- Players of colour get abused. Disabled people get abused. I just cannot get my head around any of this. Still homophobia as well in football. It needs driving out. I mean, they are criminal offences anyway, aren't they? These are criminal offences. Racist or indecent chanting is covered under the Football Offences Act 1991. In any case, it could give rise to a more general aggravated public order offence. My view is kick out discrimination. There's no place for discrimination in, in football. But... Let's not just blame football, though, because remember, we've had some major, major issues recently in cricket as well. It's a societal problem, but I do think football, with the reach that it has, has the potential to lead the way. And I would like to do that. Things have got better, but like you said, Barry, we're in 2022 and we're still getting incidents like we had yesterday and lots of incidents last season, remember, with racist abuse, and not just on the pitch, on the social media afterwards as well. Great point. Ashley Fletcher has joined us from Watford, came in on uh, on, on his season-long loan. He had a bit of a, I'm not saying hard time, but things didn't go quite the way he'd have liked at Watford last season. I think he made seven Premier League starts, scored two goals, ended up going out on, on loan to the MLS I remember him playing for Middlesbrough and he played against us when we were in the Championship. Absolutely electric. Loads of pace, very direct. Think it's a good acquisition, Paul? Yeah, because, I, I mean, we're, we're begging for a bit of pace up top, aren't we? We've got plenty of skill and plenty of lump. We could do with a bit more pace. So, yeah, it'll give you an extra dimension and competition for places for everybody else that's already in the team. Yeah, I do think it's a good acquisition. Sunderland 2, QPR 2. I mean, I, I watched this on the uh, ITV highlights last night. If those who've not seen this game, it's, it's really worth checking out. Uh, Sunderland went two goals up and they had a, that arrogance about them that, that I suppose opposition fans and teams don't appreciate at all. And it was good to see them brought back down to earth with uh, <laughs> two very late goals. The first one was a good one. I was talking about momentum earlier on. It gave them real momentum. I think it was three minutes left. And in the second minute of stoppage time, they had a corner. So the keeper went up, put the ball into the box. It got cleared, but the keeper, instead of rushing back towards his goal, stayed where he was. And the cross came in. Uh, oh, what an header. I mean, a real top quality header. Put it in the top corner as well, two apiece. Absolutely superb. Almost straight from the kickoff, Sunderland had a, a great opportunity to score. Only for that man again in the QPR goals, made a, an absolutely superb save, low down 
to his right hand side in, in the corner and yeah one of the points it's worth watching just to see the reaction of the, of the Sunderland players but more so the Sunderland crowd it was a joy to behold I'll have to, I'll have to dig that one out I saw um, I was half watching the highlights when it wasn't us and I saw the save he made at the end it was uh, Ross Stewart wasn't it that got the chance to win it for Sunderland and he made a good save the keeper I didn't look for Sunderland sulkers I'll have to go back and uh, re-watch that <laughs> Of course, it is the BBC Sports Report theme tune for Saturday evening, five o'clock. The classified results presented by James Alexander Gordon was a feature of my youth growing up and every Saturday to have the radio on and listen to the uh, full lot come in. And it was a bit like the shipping forecast. It was just so iconic and it stayed with us into the 90s. Uh, James Alexander Gordon retired it was taken over by Charlotte. But you, you know, you bang on about the iconic, and, and I can understand the reasons for sort of jiggling things about, you know, people get the results on the phones, whereas in the past they didn't. It, it is definitely taking away a piece of history, isn't it? It is, it, it is. is. If people are not aware, the BBC have decided to drop the classified football results from their Saturday flagship radio sports programme. I mean, what on earth is that about? You learn all the teams in around the country, don't you? The Scottish teams, the lower league teams in Scotland. They sound so romantic as well, don't they? Like, you know, Alloa Athletic, Forfar Athletic, Stenhouse Muir. You know, how many football fans have got their geography knowledge from being football fans? And, and how many places in the back of nowhere in Scotland do you know because they've got a football team that never gets a report but always get the scores read out on sports report. Yeah, and the Scottish you know, Cup, it, it, the Scottish Cup was was brilliant for it, wasn't it? You know, you used to get like, yeah. but the mechanics from Edinburgh play Berwick Rangers, and you think, wow, a team of mechanics playing, you know, in the cup. There you go. How many people know that Berwick is unique in the fact that they play in the Scottish League, but it's actually in England. Because of football and sports report. The BBC is a service. And the idea of being a service is that you provide things for people. You don't base it on any financial reward. It's a Because it's already paid for. So why they have to drop this is, I have no idea. I mean, there's, there'll be a lot of a lot of people. I mean, you said there are about phones and that. But there'll still be people who, who tune in and listen to that just for the classified football results. Oh, they would have done until... Saturday gone when it weren't on. They probably tuned in and, and what's happened to the football results. The other thing is what content that they replace it with. I mean, it, it's just going to give a little bit more time because it does take a good five minutes to read them all out, doesn't it? Do you know what they replace um, it with? I'll tell you, interviewing managers of Premier League football clubs. Why do we want to listen to the manager who's going to get sacked in six months talk about why his team's lost 4 0 at Brentford? Who's interested in that? When managers get into there are the odd ones that have the likes of Holloway or something like that who are a bit daft as a brush and come out with something different. But one of our best managers, Martinez, because we were in the Premier League, he was always on. But you knew exactly what he was going to say before he even got on the radio. It, it, it's the same stuff week in, week out. But you don't, you don't ever gain 
any sort of insight from the managers being interviewed post-match because they're not willing to give it out. I, for one, are quite saddened by this. and I think it's it might be a decision that they come to regret. Five minutes it takes to read those results out. Five minutes. Who is the manager of Manchester United anyway? I've not a clue. I'll be honest with you. He sounds like a cup of coffee. Is it Den Haag? Den Haag, isn't it? No interest. No interest whatsoever. Get them res- get. They'll not put them back. I think we should start doing them. You can do them, Paul. Reading off your phone as you're coming out ground. On on that bombshell, we'll uh, we'll knock it on the head. Adam's having his operation on Tuesday. He's left us early today, doing his preparation for it. We know he's going to be all right. We're still sending our best wishes and positive thoughts. Absolutely, all the best to him, and also to the guy that was getting medical treatments at our time around East Stand Nine. He was in the back of the disabled area, so I don't know whether he was sat in the disabled area or that was just where he was on the concourse. But there was a, there was a fellow there, obviously, slightly overcome by the heat, I think, because it was an autumn one, Nick. But yeah, um, all the best to him and especially Adam. Hopefully it goes well and, and you're back with us as soon as you can. Yes, indeed. We'll be back on Wednesday with a preview of Birmingham City away. So until Wednesday, it's uh, up the six and come on. That's it, come on.